Welcome to the Sisters in Service podcast. My name is Kat Corchado, also known as the voice connecting women veterans nationwide. This podcast is for anyone connected with the military, from veterans, male and female, military spouses, military brats, even parents who may have children who are in the military. As an Air Force veteran, I understand the trials and triumphs that women veterans go through in service and out of service. And so I wanted to find a way that I could put it out there into the airwaves and let everyone know what we're going through and find a way and a solution to what's happening to us in the service. I also like to highlight these women who are business owners, they're entrepreneurs, they're bosses in their business. And so I hope that you will follow me, you will share, and you will subscribe to this podcast, which comes out every week on Tuesdays. And as always, please stay safe, take care of each other until next time. And it's never too late to start your impossible. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sisters in Service. And I am speaking with Brandy Lang today. And she's going to talk about her military service. And she's going to talk about her TBI and how she found a way to help herself so that she can help others. So Brandy, welcome to Sisters in Service. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Of course. And I was so glad to see that you're an Air Force veteran, you know, because there aren't many of us around and people tend to make jokes about the Air Force, but you know, it's okay. I'm still proud to be an Air Force vet, but why did you pick the Air Force? Or a better question is, did you pick the Air Force or did the Air Force pick you? You know, it's a very interesting question because it's been a long time, <laughs> but um, but actually, and I don't mean this any disrespect. I know it's one of those uh, jokes that we typically get, uh, but uh, because of my ASVAB score being so high, the Air Force really came out to get me. Um, I, I, I'm always been a student, a, a good student in school. So getting a good score was always my goal. So I actually took it twice. Not many people do, but I did that so that I could get a higher score. I think I got like a 92 my first try. And so I wanted to get a higher score because of like, that's just who I am. And um, that's when, you know, they were definitely one of the first recruiters. Of course, there's other ones after that, but um, uh, yeah, so that kind of started that off and I, you know, just went from there. So Awesome. You know, it's interesting that you said that because number one, I didn't know you could take it twice. I'm just saying I took it <laughs> once and I was done. I'm like, thank you. I'm not taking it again. Right. But as I was a dependent, so I was a military brat. And in Germany, we used to, for sports, go to different military bases, mostly army. And yeah. you would go from the Air Force base, it was light and bright. And then you would go to the Army base and they were already, everything was brown and green. And you're like, <laughs> ew. And, and as a child, you know, you didn't know. You're just like, what is this? You know? Right. Um, and then I got older and I went in the Air Force only because my dad was Air Force. And, uh, you know, people would come, you know, depending on where I was stationed, they would you know, like, oh, we're doing R and R at the Air Force Base. I was like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but now it, it started to make sense in that, yeah. you know. Um, so you That's were funny. I was gonna say, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it brought something to my mind. Um, that's very funny you should say that because we used to have like job fairs or whatever at my high school and there's always a recruiter there, it seems. And so honestly, I'm like, blue looks so much better than these BDUs. <laughs> so it's ridiculous how they market to you. It really is. Um, but I do have a history. I have a whole family of mm. military. Uh, my grandparents, uh, or my grandparents, my grandfather um, on both sides and my, um, my uncles, but they were mostly army or Navy. So um, it's kind of funny. I didn't follow in those footsteps, but um, I think the blue really got me versus the BDUs. <laughs> oh, yes. But I think in in retrospect, all the other services, I think, have better uniforms than the Air Force. I'm just going to say, especially yeah, the dress uniform, the dress yeah. uniforms. Oh, gosh, yeah. Super sharp. The, the Air Force is, uh, they need to up it a little bit. They need to come out of the dark ages just a tad, just, just a, a little tad. bit. Yeah. It's so funny because when I was on flight crew, I have um, 
a pickle suit is what they call it. So it's a flight suit. Yes. I mean, there's, there's nothing cute about that. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know, one zip up, one zip down. And, I know. But <laughs> easy on, easy off, right? It is. It's, you know, I, I know we're talking as two vets and it's funny for anybody who's a vet who's listening to this. I hope it's okay to say this, but there is a, uh, the, the suit actually has a zipper at the bottom and a zipper at the top because of how you go to the bathroom. Get it. I never knew that. <laughs> it's, it's very well designed. And um, I had to learn certain tricks while I was actually in flight on how to do that. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Who it's, knew? it's definitely an advantage to have that zipper. Right. <laughs> wow. You could just. Yes. I yeah, want you can See, things I want... out. It's crazy because <laughs> there's nothing to hold on to when you're flying. I mean, I got used to it, but, you know. <laughs> Oh man, those are some stories right there. I'm telling yes, you. <laughs> um, so you were a Morse code operator and then a C-130 loadmaster. So that seems kind of night and day, is it? Oh yes, oh yes, yeah, it definitely was. I mean, the and it could be. I mean, I, I really don't know why I was chosen for Morse code. Um, but you have to go and you have to get a uh, special compartmented compartmental like um, uh, secret clearance. For it. So it's oh, did you have a TSSCI that count or SBI? Yes. SCI, yeah. SCI, yep. yeah. I had, yep. I had one of those. And so it took forever and they lost my paperwork, which is not unusual, uh, you know, military, but um, <laughs> so, so all that and all my people that I knew had to go through it twice. So um, I'm glad that it actually worked out the way it did. Cause I got to go overseas and, and, you know, do some really wonderful things mm -hmm. at the time that I was doing it. So um, knowing now, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you don't, you, you go through this whole school and it's so, so funny. Even today I can hear very high pitched noises and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's, there's a code <laughs> in the bottom of that. It's weird. I can't turn it off. Oh my and gosh. Most of the kids today will never experience this because you remember TVs and when they used to go off at midnight? Yes. Yes. And you'd get the snow and everything. Yes. There's code underneath there. It's weird. I would just like, oh my gosh, I, uh, let me get a piece of paper. I'm starting to hear that it's not. <laughs> it's wow. So crazy, but yeah, yeah. It's, it, you definitely get used to doing that. So it was a great experience mm -hmm. and, and I loved it. Like I said, I got to overseas. So that's, that's one of those things you get to do. But, um, and then, yeah, to, then what happened was my base closed. Um, and then they, you know, um, a whole team from Kelly Air Force Base came in to um, take a look at all of us and cross train us and give us new, you know, new stations. And I came up and they said, you know, these are the, the jobs that you could qualify for. And one of them was a loadmaster. And I was like, well, I want to do that. By that time, I'd already been like lifting weights. Like I had already been one of the only women in the whole gym. Um, and that's one thing about the Air Force. We have the best gyms, I think. In the yes, <laughs> yes, we, we really do. We I mean, really I do. Say, so I'm very fortunate for that. But I really started lifting and doing all this good stuff and, and learning how to do all of those things. And Kelly Air Force Base, this guy came in and he's like, well, you know, you have to lift 50 pounds over your head. You're you know, like, like, yeah, whatever. Let me bench like, press I you, bro. Like every day. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and he looked at me because I'm so short. And these uh, two other guys that were huge that I actually lifted with, they were like, oh, yeah, you're going to, um, that's easy for you. I'm just going to put you down. And, and he kept asking me, I'm like, yes, can you please put me down for this? So he finally did. And it's kind of interesting because the other two guys didn't make it through all the qualifications and I'm the one that got to go to school. Wait, they couldn't, so. they couldn't do the 50 pounds. Are well, you they had other things. Like oh, I was going to say, yeah. And eye color, like it's kind of thing. And then mm -hmm. I guess somebody else just didn't make it for other reasons. Wow. But that was kind of interesting. The one that person is interesting. couldn't do it, but yeah. yeah. And that, that was, that in itself is just amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. um, it's so funny because there's so much involved in, in being a loadmaster, everything from the mathematics to, just the rigging and knowing everything and not knowing, you know, whatever drop or cargo you're having to carry. Um, I loved, I loved doing the personnel drops um, because that's when I really got to see the army <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. And oh my gosh, seeing the ones that were very experienced and the ones that were newbies. Oh my gosh. Just to look at the look on their face 
and fear and terror, fear and terror. (laughs) And you know, you have to be, I mean, you have to really be attention to detail because there's a lot of safety issues on the plane. So when I was ready to open the door and get him out of my plane, basically, you know, my thing, my, my, uh, my thing ahead of time, luckily the thing that I would kind of um, educate the jump master and and safeties on is you have to take your barf bags with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously, yeah. Everybody gets one, and most of them will use it if they're new. And I'm like, you're taking that out my plane with yeah, you, yeah, right? So, yeah, yeah, I'm not touching so, it. I'm yeah, not touching exactly. it. Yeah. So luckily, everybody that I worked with was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the jump masters and safeties. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they scare their own people, but they were mm-hmm. very, very respectful to me. So I always loved that. So let's move on for just a second. Um, I want to talk about the fact that you suffered a TBI traumatic brain injury while you were active duty. Uh, Give us a little background on that, if you could, about how it happened and what were some of the effects of like, what did you experience having that TBI? Yeah, it was, you know, a new thing for me because I've always been like a, um, I guess a tomboy anyway. So I'm kind of surprised it just happened then. But we were on a training exercise. It was um, we had to do an obstacle course. It's part of your um, graduation, I guess, and different things that you do to um, get out of basic. And we were doing that. And, you know, long day. Everybody's wet. Everybody's muddy. Everybody's tired. And you just keep going. Right. And we were almost to the end. And we had to do this um, maneuver where you're. Um, grabbing onto a rope upside down and you got your legs across it and your arms across it and you're shimmying across the length of basically Olympic size swimming pool. And you can only have four people on the rope at a time for safety reasons, obviously. Well, at the end is a platform that you jump off or you step off of. And so the first person at the end, I was kind of at the end, I was at one end ready to be the last person. So the person that should have been getting off was too scared or something. I don't know what happened. Um, and so they just stayed there forever. All of us were just hanging on this line forever. And finally, the person right behind me decided to get on. And that was five. So that person, then we started moving. But by the time I'd gotten to the edge, the person in front of me lost their grip or something. And so when they came off, their feet came off, kicked my arms loose from the rope, which I couldn't hold on to. And on my way down, because I was to the edge, I hit my head on the platform for the edge of the pool. So I basically went like a sack of potatoes to the bottom of that pool. But I still, to this day, remember being at the bottom of a pool and you know how everything's distorted when you open your eyes underwater. I opened my eyes, but I didn't know what happened. Like I literally had no movement. I was stuck in time. I was, I was just confused. And luckily I guess there's primitive. And I know now from my experience and my education, there's a primitive reflex that basically as long as you do have oxygen in your body, still, you're not going to take a breath. Right. So luckily I didn't just like drown. (laughs) There were safeties anyway, but I um, just was there and I heard them trying to talk to me and it was all muffled underwater, but I didn't know they were talking to me. I didn't know what was going on. And they were basically telling me afterwards, they were screaming for me to swim up to the top. Like, hello, you know, you need to get up. You need to get to the top. And I was just I was awake, but I just could not understand anything. I couldn't even move. So they had to dive in and get me. And it, it's something you could stand up in. It was not, you know, you know, 10 feet of water or anything. It was just a pool that was maybe four feet deep or something. Right. So um, I don't really know. But uh, but yeah, so they had to have two safeties come in and, and get me and walk me to the edge and get me out of the pool. And even then, like, of course, I have this drill instructor yelling at me, right? Or actually a TI, um, ours are different, but same thing. Somebody yelling at me, you know, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. Get back to formation and just keep going. And I finished. Um, but afterwards, um, I really had a hard time doing everything else in training. Like I... Um, I was confused. I couldn't get up. I wanted to sleep all the time. I was slow in everything that I was doing, like even tying my shoes and 
going to take showers, which of course is like what, two or three minutes. (laughs) You can't can't really be slowing that. But the biggest thing that I knew was a problem is every single morning you you get up in formation, you start running. And um, I literally fell off of the path like several times because I was like my, I was like blacking out. Like I was not completely losing my consciousness to where I did black out, but it was just that immediate, like, whoosh of brain fog, whatever that just was so heavy on me. I just couldn't control what was going on. And I would just like shake my head to try to wake up and, and try to continue running. And of course they just continue yelling at me. And I'm like, I had to go to my TI, my, um, uh, and and tell her, I was like, something's wrong. I was like, I'm so, I'm sorry. You know, (laughs) Obviously, you're going to yell at me again, but I don't know what's wrong. I I can't run. I can't sleep. I can't wake up. I can't eat. I can't. I don't. I can't do any of this. Like this is something's wrong. I don't know what it is. So, but that's it's, frightening. It is. You know what it, it really is? is? It's you're you're scared because you want to do it. You're scared that they're going to yell at you. You're scared that you're going to black out. You don't right. know what's going on, so you're scared of that. I mean, it's just right. this whole fear that's gripped you. Um, so how, how long, I I didn't want to disappoint anybody. Of course not. How long did it take for you to say, I need to go find out what's going on? It was probably about three or four days because, you know, you're afraid. (laughs) Let's be honest. You're afraid to say anything to your TIs. It's like, okay, you know, I am not going to get my shoes out of alignment. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to stand there in the best possible formation I can and you're not bobble and not your run as best as everybody else. You you just do what they tell you to do right? because you, you, that's what you're trained to do. That's, that's the purpose of basic is really, is really making you the model that they want. I mean, it is, you know, so I just, I, I was just too afraid to do it. And it got so bad that I'm like, I'm really going to get in trouble for this. Like something's either, either it's going to get worse. And then I will completely black out and hurt myself um, because somebody had actually fallen and they'd like hurt their ankle or something. And I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted to finish my training and go to my job, you know, right. go to my FSC. So, um, so, you know, it was, I wasn't, I mean, I, and granted I turned 18 in basic training. Because I went in oh, and you were a baby. Oh my baby. goodness! I was a baby. Yeah, man. I went to the bathroom in the middle of the night and sang happy birthday to myself. <laughs> 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 Woo! Birthday party for Randy. But you know that's what you have to do. So, <laughs> can I just say when you mentioned the obstacle course, I was like, there was an obstacle course in basic training. I must have oh, blacked it out. I must have. Oh just- yeah. I mean. <laughs> Seriously, what, what, it's just like one more thing you do, right? It's, I'm like, yeah, wait, obstacle course? What is she talking about? <laughs> I know. I know, and I'm like, I hope it's kind of good because uh, things have gotten a lot more, you know, different. I'd Absolutely. say watered down, obviously, even from the Air Force yeah. standards. <laughs> so you, you get your diagnosis of TBI. How does that affect yeah. you? Well, you know, one of the things that really led me on my path anyway is that when I went to see the doctor um, on base, they knew what it was. And at that time, it's called, it was called a closed head trauma. That's the classification that they used. And that basically means it's mild versus moderate or severe. Moderate or severe basically means there's a structural damage because then it's called an open head trauma. Ooh, so I don't even know, want are, to know what it, if that's a mild, I don't yeah. even want to know what a severe is. Yeah. And I've worked with those folks before. So, um, it is very devastating, but, um, that, that may be something I'll, I'll eventually work into, but right now I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's basically what he did. And he said, well, you need rest. We're going to take you out of training. We're going to put you in what's called casual, which is the medical side of just, you know, getting cleared to go back to training. Uh, you go to, you know, a totally different barracks where there's no training. There's none of that. Um, there are a lot of different medical issues that are there. Somebody could sprain their ankle. Somebody could, you know, a lot of things can happen. So they're just medically putting you somewhere until you can be cleared to go back to training. Right. And, um, uh, I was just told to rest, like there wasn't anything I didn't have. I mean, it was kind of interesting and granted, uh, this is the air force. 
but it's like, I didn't have to wear a cover, my hat. I didn't have to walk into formation. I could eat all the ice cream I wanted. I like, got this is great, man. I recommend I this to everybody. <laughs> I'm like training. Do I want to go back to training? No, but yeah, but um, yeah, I really did want to go back. But at that time, they put you out for four weeks for a TBI. And there's some evidence today that 60 days is good. But I don't think at that, I know at that time it wasn't research oriented, um, just because I know the dates of the research that's current. Um, and it wasn't really researched back then. It was just kind of like, eh, four weeks sounds good. And um, a lot of the things that lifestyle things that I was allowed to do is actually not supported by research these days. So the reason why, you know, I say the VA really didn't know at the time what I needed to do to recover. A lot of times, if you even today go to your PCP or a VA doctor, they're going to say you need rest, relaxation, be in the dark. Don't have this, don't have that. And none of that is is supported by research. It's actually the wrong protocol straight out the gate. So um, I try to educate people on that a lot. And that's what I do. But uh, so basically it was four weeks and I went back to training. Just OK. And I had to do the obstacle course again. No. Like, oh, my goodness. I was like, of all things, I had to do my run again. I had to do everything. And I literally had to go to another group. I had to go to another um, flight. And because obviously they're four weeks ahead and already gone. Right. So I had to go in and have a new TI and, you know, they already think I suck because I've been (laughs) in, I was in, you know, medical, like, oh, you're a loser. I'm like, no, I really want to get out of here. I'm hurt. I really am. (laughs) But um, yeah. And I had to do the, um, if you've ever, you know, done training in Texas, you're not, they say, you know, of course they do all the time, but um, you're not supposed to do any physical activity in black flag weather, which is like over yes. 100 degrees. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I did that in black flag weather. <laughs> I was like, because you're like, I didn't but have... the flags, <laughs> look at I the know, flag. Right? No, I can't breathe. <laughs> Get on the obstacle course and... now. <laughs> exactly. I had to run and do that in black flag weather. But, um, you know, but that's okay. I think it's because I really didn't have a lot of time left in my total time there. Um, so, you know, I was wasting money. <laughs> I know what the reason was. I was like, I'm spending too much money being there. So, um, but I, I really, you know, I, I'm so glad because you know how duty stations are. If you don't get there in time, then you don't get the slot. And right. the rest of my career was made the way it was because I was able to do that. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of like, really? Do I have to do? Let me ask you this question. So mm-hmm. they, they told you to rest. Yeah. What's the difference then compared to now? Do they, is, is medication prescribed or is rest still the protocol or have they added something such as, I don't know, maybe doing things that are gentler on your body? What kind of protocols are in place right now? Actually, none of those are research-based. Okay. So why not? Well, um, not to confuse or turn this into, you know, science 101 type of thing. I'll try to kind of keep it simple because I can really go down a rabbit hole with this. Um, But what happens immediately, immediately when you have a mild TBI, a concussion, is you have um, uh, you have these situations that happen chemically. Okay, so. We have, everybody knows from biology what mitochondria are. Those are the cells in your body that make ATP, which is your energy. Yes. So we know that food is energy. However, so diet happens, has to be one of the first things that you do. So the VA does not really know. I mean, I I say that because I've looked on their websites recently. I've looked at all this kind of stuff. Um, You need to have somebody specifically give you something that's going to be anti-inflammatory and are going to also boost certain uh, vitamins and minerals that you need that are specific to what's happening from the brain and the gut. Um, And that's not just a, you know, throw something at the wall, you know, multivitamin type of thing, or here, let's go ahead and eat this because it, you know, uh, has B vitamins or whatever, because energy does that. That is not, that is not what you need to be doing. So, the uh, one of the things that helps you, there's also cerebral cerebral blood flow issues. Yes. So you have a gut issue that happens when your gut becomes permeable. 
So that means the junctions on the cells become open and they're open to any and every toxin, which is environmental, food-based, um, extracurricular activity-based. Everything, <laughs> everything. Especially pharmaceuticals. There's actually no evidence. It's already been like, you know, it's actually been evidence supported that pharmaceuticals are not helpful in um, recovering from a TBI. So, and I understand from being in the healthcare field that from some people's viewpoints, that the only thing they know what to do is to prescribe a medication for a symptom you're telling them you have. However, for most of those health professionals that actually don't have the education that I do and really research why you're having your symptoms, where it's coming from, um, it's not the best course of action because it doesn't do any good. And what it does is it causes more toxicity and more side effects. That does so, make sense when you say yeah, it like that. Yeah, exactly. So you really have to take along, you have to take the cerebral blood flow. So rest mm -hmm. is not good for that. In fact, I actually do tests on people that look at what their sub threshold, which means their symptoms at what threshold they can do physical activity before mm -hmm. their symptoms actually happen. And then I develop a program to get them in that space um, to where they're no longer having symptoms, and then I can ramp them up as appropriately. So you do need to have somebody who knows how to do that. So there's a lot of pieces. I hope I said mm -hmm. everything that I really, that's like the immediate thing. And that happens within seven days, like three to seven days. Well, I so, know people listening are going, okay, how do we go from her being a C-130? <laughs> to, okay, know, so right? first off, explain why you know all this. Like explain, so, explain what you yeah. do. I hope you are enjoying part one of our interview with Brandy Lang, and I hope you will stay tuned next week where you will find out how Brandy rehabilitated herself from five concussions and why her mission is to provide the most comprehensive, immersive virtual rehab program for the brain and body for veterans, non-veterans, and first responders. As always, please stay safe, take care of each other until next time, and it's never too late to start your impossible.